from Practically Culture. The guys who brought you Logan's mini TV reviews. I'm your host, Logan Bow, podcasting from Brooklyn. And Bob's mini movie reviews. I'm joined by the one, the only Bob Caswell in the Bay Area. How are you, Bob? I'm great. How are you? Introducing a new mini podcast. Oh, hanging out. You know me. Nice. Practically Culture Masters of Sex. A new mini podcast devoted to recapping every episode of Masters of Sex Season 1. It's our Masters of Sex recap. Welcome anyone who's found us from our main show, Practically Culture, where we have current movie reviews, mini reviews of TV and movies, and entertainment picks every weekend. And if you found this mini podcast first, we encourage you to check out our main show. Now on to Masters of Sex. It's the big day of Bill's presentation, Bob, and I guess this is what we've been building up to all season, except I didn't really know that until last week when it showed up on our radar. <laughs> right. But Bill, Bill's got some great lines during the sound check, though, some of my favorite of the season, like, I'm a doctor, Lester. I can spot a statistically average masturbator from a mile away. <laughs> you saw that? You, you wanted to call that one out, too? I thought that was hilarious. <laughs> and, then, and then his follow-up to that was even it was, was just as good. <laughs> yeah, or you mean the one he says... All males defined excessive masturbation as a frequency more than they insel- than they themselves indulged. <laughs> and then Lester's like looking around like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> Loved it. I'm glad they uh, fit some of that stuff in there. You'd think they could uh, throw in more shots like that, for, given the subject matter. But I'm glad we got some of that this week. Definitely. Uh, so Bill wants Barton to be at the Prezi, uh, ostensibly to share credit with him. Even though we're reminded that Bill has been blackmailing Barton. Um, maybe he's having some sort of change of heart, being a little bit nicer guy, something like that. Yeah, it seems like they've come around and, and they're more similar than they are different in the end, even if it's taken a, a little ways to get there. Yeah, and Bill's too stubborn to invite Ginny, who's, for her part, too stubborn to come without an invitation. Uh, except she eventually does show up when he's in the middle of it, and it's, in fact, just in time for Lillian to stand up for her girl and ask, Hey, Bill, who's we? <laughs> And then for Bill, of course, to snub Ginny by saying, it's the royal we. <laughs> yeah, uh, you know, it, it was amazing to see how quickly this presentation, A, was a huge deal, and B, was uh, took, took a turn that now I want to think that I should have called it a long time ago, but in the moment when it happened, I didn't expect it to be so negative like it was. Yeah, he goes over the findings that we've seen all season since we've watched the show. Uh, all that goes over famously. Um, and then he shows the footage from Inside Jane and then from Ginny masturbating, which apparently crosses the line and everyone leaves in a big, huge huff. Um, and, and in fact, Ginny was horrified that he showed that footage. And in fact, people do think it's her. So that's, that's not a good thing. Right, and and in fact, there's a little bit of a ding that I want to give the show here. Um, this thing with with Ginny's footage being shown, we didn't get closure on that, and and maybe we will later in some future season. But wow, that seems like a big deal. Like I think a lot of what we were seeing here is that Bill was out on a limb. And we get it later with with the conversation with his wife when nobody shows up at their dinner. Um, and it's like Libby says something like, you know, I would have uh, warned you against this, showing that footage. And then it got me thinking, like, pretty much anybody would have warned you against that. But, like, Bill... Would, and certainly Ginny would have had she not been exiled. Yeah. Like, any... Like, 
Bill was out on a limb on his own and uh, wasn't getting proper feedback. I'm not sure if it's just his his personality and, and own righteous way of approaching this that had him think that uh, the science about it was was going to supersede any any other complications. But he really dropped the ball, not because he wasn't prepared and and wasn't keeping it interesting, but because he he did this on his own in a way it was it was too big of a deal for him not to get a second opinion, and he didn't get it from anyone. And I think that was the big takeaway. But also, and we can address this later, but I I'm surprised that we didn't get any closure on Ginny's uh, disappointment with that footage being used without her permission, so to speak. Yeah. Um, well, to sort of address this now that it's coming up, um, it seems like they are going to leave that hospital, right? And do their work somewhere else. Well, I mean, not that I know that from the show that they're going to go together, but since about all I know from history is that they worked together for like 25 years or something like that. I assume that their relationship's going to continue. And uh, it seems like it's going to have to be outside of their old hospital place. Yeah, it does seem that way. Um, so maybe that solves some of those problems for Jenny if she just leaves. Right. Although she doesn't have to leave. And um, I mean, I'm still very curious to see what drives her to want to leave. Um, anyway, I feel like I'm I'm forcing you to do this out of order. We can kind of rewind a bit. But uh, I am really fascinated with the way they chose to wrap up this first season because, wow, I really, well, I really wanted Jenny more. Jenny has a choice, right? So Ethan... Who I know is your boy. He's been he's been looking for jobs, and he flies out to California. He gets an offer from UCLA, and he decides to propose over the phone. Ginny does her usual dodge of the question and doesn't really answer. And then Bill, at the very end, if we're skipping there, he shows up and like, you know what I've discovered? I can't live without you. Boom. So now she's got two guys vying for her. And uh, who's she going to choose? Yeah, and there's the third option of of no one or neither, but maybe that would be too something. I don't know, but it does feel like it's quite the cliffhanger. Um, everyone wants Ginny, and we don't know who she wants and what she wants if she wants anyone. Um, which kind of begs the question through the whole series what she wanted, other than she was really into the study, which makes me, and, I, and I'm kind of spitballing thinking out loud here, but makes me think that even if she were to choose Bill, it wouldn't be a classic love triangle like I'm choosing this guy or that guy. She could easily choose Bill for nothing to do with Bill in so much as he's a person, but more to do with like what he facilitates in terms of what she's interested in in, in, in getting out of life. You know, that career trajectory slash subject matter that really has her intrigued. Um yeah, I think that's a real possibility, because Bill didn't say, I'm leaving my wife, let's run away together. He just said, I can't live without you. The undertone is that I'm in love with you, but as far as what's practically going to happen, it might just mean that Bill really wants to work with her again. Right, and and they've already crossed that line before of having a solid working relationship with sex, and, and the show really played with that well, um, and... It is kind of like a an, a mini affair or a full fledged affair, I suppose. Um, so, for the science, you know, lots of things can be justified for a long time. So, I, I don't think this is Bill wanting to walk out on his wife either. So, it, w- interesting. Yeah, and you and you brought up the question of what Ginny wants. 
Uh, we'll probably cover this more when we get to the wrap-up portion of the show, but that's one of the most interesting things about Ginny. It's hard to tell exactly what she wants, um, but I, I feel like she likes the study for its subject matter. I mean, that's a that's a bonus to her, but I feel like what she wants is to take charge of her own life and do something really cool and great on the same level that she sees Bill doing or Dr. DePaul doing. She wants to be on that level where she can decide what she wants to do with her life and, and be great at it. Yeah, I mean, it is kind of fascinating to see the way her life has evolved, and and it's kind of not clear how much she she planned this out versus was the victim of lots of different circumstances, and she is kind of all over the place. Like, I can't quite figure out, and, and not in a bad way, I'm just saying it could, it could go all sorts of directions and, and would still be true to her character in some ways. She's She's a little bit of an enigma that way. Yeah. So after the presentation goes sideways, if we zip back just a little bit, uh, it seems like you're right. It brings Barton and Bill even closer together somehow. Barton seems to be an ally for the work, not just for the blackmail. Um, but then both Bill and Barton get fired. And Bill, he, uh, I thought this was a big step for Bill as a human being. He tries to save Barton by falling on the sword and saying, no, your problem was that I hoodwinked you. Uh, sounded like he's yelling, but really just trying to to take the fall for this whole thing. One of the first unselfish things I feel like we've seen Bill do. Yeah, it does feel that way. Like we've been rooting for Bill, at least I have been indirectly for a long time. But then every time he does some sort of screw up that makes him look like a dick, then I'm like, I don't know if I like this guy after all. But then ending on a high note, um, taking one for the team. And uh, he, he really played that beautifully. And, and it makes him feel like a, a little more human. So kudos. Yeah. Uh, so let's see. We already snuck in there um, that Ethan, he's trying to get more offers before being... Um, wait, where am I? Oh, yeah, he got an offer from UCLA. Yeah, we already talked about that. So moving on again. Uh, oh, one of the most compelling stories this whole season is still, has been throughout the season, the Scullies. Um, oh. We got a newspaper article that a guy got life in prison for perversions with a male teenager which is hidden awfully close to home here and um they talk more barton confesses to his wife that there have been lots of guys and that he loved one boy before he ever met margaret which upsets margaret because he robbed her of most of her life when she when she thinks he already knew that that he liked dudes yeah because she liked this dude or he liked that dude before they even got married even though he said it in a way that's like no it's com- it was complicated back then i didn't quite know what was going on you know and i guess 30 years of having those feelings not go away is like okay i get it now but when you're 18 it's a fair point even if i can see margaret's side too i mean she was robbed of her life in a lot of ways yeah it's just so sad for both of them i mean it was a hard time, even much harder than today to be to be gay back in the 50s, I'm sure. And then even 20, 30 years earlier than that, when they actually got married, I'm sure it was even harder. Yeah, I mean, this is a tragic story because then we learn it's almost too tragic. Like, it's uh, it's exhausting, but uh, it's, 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 <laughs> it's well done. It's just then we learn that, like, he's going to go off and... Okay, so she she goes and talks to his doctor... And finds out that all of the therapies out there supposedly for getting men to switch are semi-barbaric slash not really that scientific. Um, 
Oh yeah, I hated hearing the extremely low odds of dying. That felt like foreshadowing. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then she goes and talks to him and is like, I don't think I want you to do this. And he's like, all right, well, I won't if you don't want me to. And then later on, we have him confess to Bill that, oh, I'm still going to do it on the side anyway. I'm like, what? Have you learned nothing? Open communication, man. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> so sad. I don't know. Because it doesn't seem, I mean, we're living in 2013 and... It's it's pretty common knowledge nowadays that those types of um, medical practices, which were considered medical practices now, are kind of, they've sort of been debunked, right? I mean, there's, there's like not really much science or proof that would suggest that there's even a remote chance of changing a gay man's mind through all those different techniques that were mentioned. Yeah, I, I don't really want to speak on the science with much authority, but I do think that certainly aversion therapy generally is... Out of fashion. Uh, no one's really doing it <laughs> That's anymore. That's a, and... a good way of putting it, sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, but man, I feel bad for both of yeah. them. This, doesn't, this um, doesn't end in a happy way if he's going to try the thing that we know doesn't work and it's behind her back after she sort of came around and they were going to try to make it work in some other platonic way and they, they can't even get that straight. It's like, ah, it's so tragic. Yeah, yeah. Um, so Virginia's still getting her go-getter on for Lillian DePaul, at least before the very end there, and she might leave with Bill, but, um, we had another, I, I was really happy for this, this, uh, moment with Lillian, when she's off to show just how much of a master she can be, and we finally get a sense of what's going on to keep her down, and it had just been hinted at before, but it's spelled out a little bit here, that women don't want a woman gynecologist, and that's apparently a pretty widespread phenomenon that's really affecting her because they can't refer her patients, um, which means she doesn't get to, to get the Bill Masters deal because Bill Masters' thing is that he brings in tons of patients and so they give him a long leash. But that's not available to uh, to her because um, there's like this women's you know preference to not have a woman gynecologist. So that definitely does suck for her. Yeah, and it is kind of a crazy concept, but it's accurate. Um, it's it's uh, not been that long ago, I guess, when women gynecologists got the same level of credibility. And, and I don't even know the current statistics. I just know that they're better than they were in the 1950s. But Well, anecdotally, I think that a lot of women would rather have a woman gynecologist right, these days. Right, these days. Yeah, that's the thing. It's like, it's just one of those sort of Mad Men-esque moments where you're like, oh, yeah, that's another oddity of the past that isn't that far in the past to, to think, like, really? Women would prefer men to do that kind of business? Okay, but I guess that's just the way things, the whole structure was set up back then. Interesting. Yeah. Um, and it it's interesting we see Ginny and uh, Lillian not quite vibing the same way that Ginny did with Bill, because Ginny's got this great idea, hey, uh, maybe we can get you on board the contraceptive pill bandwagon, and that can help bring more visibility for what you want to do, which is the pap smears. Um, but Lillian doesn't really see it as something that can, can be synergistic. She just wants to stick with her pap smears, because she doesn't have much time. Of course, she has cancer herself, but it was like the first time that they didn't seem to really be on the same page. Right, and it's just sort of by... By comparison, you're right that Bill and Ginny had this synergy and chemistry that made it so that they f they fed off each other. Bill liked her ambition and her ideas because then he could riff off of her 
ideas and then and then they they really helped each other and you know those those types of partnerships are hard to find it's kind of like this is kind of a random comparison but like a Steve Jobs Steve Wozniak sort of deal just the sex version <laughs> yeah. I guess or whatever yeah um and yeah she's not getting it with her uh with her newfound friend um and that's too bad because I think uh Jenny actually has some really good ideas but it's not it's not going to last that relationship the way she if, if it's going to keep going that way for her right and then uh just a couple more things to mention here uh apparently bill writes up a copy of the study and gives it to to virginia but this time it says uh, has her her name on the study too as a as a co-studier um that was pretty cool of bill after he had gone out of his way to snub her in front of everyone. And, of course, that's right before he shows up at her house and tells her he can't live without her. Right, but then, see, that's the thing. That's that's the one thing that really uh, I was missing because while that's a delightful, lovely thing for him to have done as a nice human being, it wasn't that much longer after we learned that. It wasn't much before that, I mean to say, that we saw that he used footage of her naked, masturbating body... <laughs> as part of his presentation and it just seems like whoa my head is gonna blow like bill bill how could you and then it's like oh but but he gave her credit and i'm like do those cancel each other out in some bizarre way or is it just that we didn't have enough time to address them each individually appropriately and it just sort of glossed over the one and left us with the warm fuzzy of the other but i swear that we got we got shafted on on uh, just too much too fast on Ginny's reaction to that yeah no you're right um it doesn't make up for it it would you know, sort of like Brody trying to get redemption in Homeland. Yeah. Um, but that's one of the things that we are just learning we're going to have to to live with from Bill. He's sort of socially tone deaf in a lot he of ways. He seems to be. Like, he really needs guidance. He really is one of those brilliant geniuses that needs somebody to... Uh, someone like yeah, Jenny. someone like Jenny. Yeah, exactly. If only he could have asked Jenny how to deal with Jenny. <laughs> right. Um and then the one other thing on my list, uh, Libby goes into labor, and her maid ends up taking her to the black hospital in town where the baby is delivered. Um, but I don't think we even saw that Bill had become aware of that yet. Right? No, he, he hadn't. Uh, a lot of stuff happening all in the same evening, folks. Like, woo! <laughs> <laughs> He's going to confess to his previous assistant on the same night that his wife is... And get fired, and his wife is... I mean, okay, so... I'm going to give it a pass. It's a bit too much for one evening, but it's a show and it's wrapping up a season and, and I, I didn't have any issues with anything. It just felt like, wow, that would be one crazy story to tell at parties later in life. Woo. <laughs> All right. Uh, anything more you want to cover in the recap before we get to the wrap up, Bob? Uh, no, let's go straight to the wrap up. I'm good. Okay, let's do it. Do you have a mini review for us? I do. Masters of Sex, I'm giving you a 5 out of 5. Here's what I have to say. Fresh, original, provocative, but also thoughtful and, dare I say, respectful toward the complicated subject matter at hand. Love the characters, story, and setting. I'm calling it now. Best new show in 2013. Boom. There you have it. Now, what did you think before I, (laughs) you know, flesh this out a bit more? Yeah, so... Masters of Sex Season 1. The best parts of this show are the characters, particularly Virginia Masters, played by Lizzie Kaplan in one of the best performances of the year, and their relationships. And those factors are what I look for in a great show. 
I'm looking forward to seeing, however, if the show can grow into a better balance of content density and narrative arc. 4.5 out of 5. Ah, the, 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 the mini hedge. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, um, just to, to talk about that, that half star off for me, I feel like the show is still struggling to, uh, to find its sense of narrative arc, like I say. The whole time, I wasn't sure what we were building to throughout the season. I didn't end one episode thinking, wow, I really wonder what happens the next episode. I enjoyed every episode. But there was there wasn't any of that dramatic tension pulling me along, if that makes any sense. I think so. So you wanted a, a little more structured approach, or, or, or something to lead you to to know where the focus was, instead of feeling like you know anything could happen next episode. I don't know where they're going. Every episode is a pretty deep, hot mess, mostly in a good way, but maybe. Yeah, I mean, it. This first season was the story of what exactly of of Bill figuring out that he couldn't live without Ginny. But we knew that the first episode, the pilot, um, is the story of him giving a presentation and having it not go well. Is that the story of this first episode? I just feel like it's on a little bit shaky ground there. But I don't mean to dwell on that too much. That's just my one my one little nitpick. I love the characters in this show. Love, love, love them. And that's the most important thing for me in a show. Yeah, uh, I totally agree with you on the character side. Uh, on the content density and, and focus uh, there or lacking, um, it, it didn't... There were pockets of times where I had questions or I would have taken it other directions, especially, interestingly enough, this past epi- this last episode um, certainly wasn't my favorite. Maybe it wasn't at the bottom, not that there's a huge, um, you know there's a huge range here of, of quality because I think they're all pretty tightly high up for me in terms of how I enjoy them. But this one certainly wasn't at the top because I felt like there were some missed opportunities. Um, but overall, it's just gotten me really excited for season two, I guess. Yeah, so let's go to our season end awards. Who is the best character, Bob? Well, you know, I've, I've had a soft spot for this character in a long time. You already alluded to it. I'm going to give that to Ethan. Um, nice. I'm still sticking to my guns here that I haven't seen a show make somebody seem like such a dick, but then bring him back as, <laughs> as somebody that you can all relate, we can all relate to in a way that is almost uncomfortable at times because he was such a dick early on. Um, and I really, really yeah. like Well, that. you mean especially because he, he hit Virginia in the face. Yeah, he, he hit a woman in the face, and now he's somebody I'm rooting for. It's like, what is wrong with this picture? Well, I guess <laughs> weirder things have happened, but that's, uh, that's how it's ended up. And he's just really trying in his own way to find himself in life. He, he's, he, he, um, he, he now knows what he wants, but it's, it's going to turn into something tragic. I don't think he's the one that's going to be chosen, if I can speculate just for a second. <laughs> um, but I, I'm still so intrigued by his journey and I want to see more of him and, and he, his character really fascinated me. So that's my best character. One of the things that I like about Ethan is how it shows him in two different spheres, like how at the hospital, he's low on the totem pole among the doctors and Bill ends up having it out for him and, and can really hurt him and hurt his chances for promotion as Bill did. Um, but then he goes, and we see him like at Ginny's house. He's great with Ginny, great with the kids. He's just like this smart guy. He's like, are you the smartest guy in the world? <laughs> and uh, he's just 
a good dude, really on top of his element. You can see, like, oh yeah, this guy is an appealing guy. He's, you know, he's he's nice. He's great with kids. He's smart. He's you know, everything everything you want. I like how it shows him in the two different settings, and he's very different. Yeah, well said. I I agree. Um, and I'm also happy that leaves for me to choose the best character of Virginia. Now this is in a way the obvious one, but the reason I chose Virginia instead of going more offbeat is that I just cannot say enough about how much I love this character and Lizzie Kaplan's performance. And it sort of broadened this out to TV in general uh, right now. Women still seem not to get the great roles in TV these days, but this is one I put up there in the same conversation with the John Hams and the Brian Cranstons of the year. I think that we're finally seeing a character who's just so fascinating and uh, an actress putting up the performance equal to it that I, I'm really pleased with uh, Virginia and Lizzie Kaplan. Yeah. Now, that's interesting because I um, – oh, how do I say this without sounding weird? I really th- I really thought she nailed it and she was spot on, but it was almost in a subtle way. Like, And maybe that speaks to the brilliance. Oh, there's yeah. No- there's yeah, yeah, yeah. I agree. Yeah, there's nothing here where it's like, oh, she you know, is a method actor and she really had to recreate the <laughs> – this person's personality and it's not like a Johnny Depp or a, you know, uh, I'm trying to think of other examples. Um, it's, it's not like one of those crazy stories. It's just um, smart writing, smart performances merged together to make something that's a, that's a strong character that she doesn't overdo it. She doesn't steal the show every time she's on screen, but she's just nailing it subtly every time. Yeah, I mean, she shows, like, resilience as, as her defining feature instead of, um, you know, instead Submission of like, or... Don Draper's, like, uh, mysterious and Brian Cranston is, like, laser-like focused. Right. But, and so it doesn't leap off, uh, leap off the screen every single time. But just the way she understands the role of women and tries to transcend that um, at the same time as just doing it the best she can... I don't know. It's just a fascinating role and and one of my favorite characters on TV right now. Yeah, cool. Okay, let's get to worst character, Bob. Who you got? You know, this is a tough one because I don't really have that much bad to say about anyone. Um, But I'm going to go with Langham, um, our doctor who, you know, likes to scream at the camera, Why doesn't my dick work? Or (laughs) whatever his line was that was maybe a little over the top. Um, He... He's kind of messed up, and we maybe we just don't have enough of his story. But he, you know, we sort of feel for him. But then we see how he treats his wife and kids, and and then even in this last episode, we don't get much closure with him. But he kind of has a thing out for Jane again, like, "Hey, we could get together again." And he's just like thinking with his dick. Um, and, and more, I guess that's the point. I, he's he's just a doctor who he's doing the life thing. He he was also. You know the affair for, uh, um, what was, what was her name? Allison Janney's character. Sorry, Margaret. Margaret thank you. He was he was the, the her affair. Uh, you know, maybe I would have wanted to see some more development and, and see the other side of him because um, I didn't quite feel him as much as I felt the others. But he also didn't get as much screen time, so I'm kind of hedging a lot here. But uh, by comparison, relatively speaking, he's probably my worst character. Yeah, well, you know, the characters are so great in this show, like you say, that none of them really bugged me. 
And we don't compare notes before we do this, but uh, I ended up going with Dr. Langham, too. (laughs) (laughs) Nice. Um, Here's my take. I agree with most of what you said, but my particular point of view is it's always weird judging characters from a different social climate than what we live Mm. in. But I feel like he'd be slimy in any time period. Sort of like how I feel about Pete Campbell in Mad Men. He'd be <laughs> he'd be annoying no matter when he was. But the way Langham treats his wife, you mentioned that already, and he objectifies Jane. Eh, he's just he's just kind of a dick sometimes. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so Bob, what if this were the end of the series? We just had one season. We you know we could say thanks for the memories and we'd move on with our life. How would you feel about that? Oh, I'd that? hate that. I'd absolutely hate it. Uh, <laughs> this this is not a show that can end the way it ended with one series with one season. Uh, there's too much there's there's too much hotness and intrigue and character development and story arc that's just waiting to be shown on the screen for all to enjoy. Um, there the, the the closure was honestly. Okay, I, I, wa- I just gave this show a 5 out of 5, and I'm, and I'm giving it a glowing review. But at the same time, relative to how glowing of a review I gave it, the ending was almost lukewarm by comparison. Maybe just as good or better than a lot of TV show endings of any random you know season out there. But compared to everything else I liked about the show, the ending wasn't the thing that nailed it for me. So I'm, I definitely want to see more, and the only reason that it didn't... I didn't ding it more for the for the ending is because I'm just expecting to to see the I I feel like it was arbitrary and I'm going to see a lot more in season 2. Yeah, well, I I see what you're saying. I might well um yeah, I see what you're saying as far as uh this not being the ending that would be satisfying if it were a single season show. But to me, I sort of look at this ending of the the first season as okay, now we're finally getting somewhere. Now the season is or now the series is really beginning. Now we're starting to get these dramatic stakes. Now I want to know what happens. Um, so, yeah, I definitely need to see more. I'd be very disappointed if we ended uh, the series right here. Um, right. And I feel like they've, they must have a plan for how they're going to put multiple seasons together, and that's, uh, that's how they broke them up right yeah. here. Yeah, yeah, looking forward to it. So anything else we need to cover, Bob? And there's a wrap-up of the season one of uh, Masters of Sex. No, I mean, fantastic show. If you're getting to this somehow without having seen it, uh, sorry for spoiling everything, but you really should be watching this show. So there you go. (laughs) Yeah, and thanks to all our listeners for joining us all season. We're both looking forward to the next season of Masters of Sex. Um, Thanks for hanging with us week to week and look for more recaps of other shows early next year. Sounds great. Have a good one. Listen to us on iTunes or PracticallyCulture.com. Also find us on Facebook, a mini podcast from Practically Culture, Practically Culture Masters of Sex.